Welcome to worship at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Connie. And I'm Danny. And as God is transforming the seasons into this beautiful fall moment, God is also seeking to transform our hearts and lives through the celebration of worship. We're glad that you've joined us. Come on in. Hear the word of the Lord from Exodus chapter 16. The whole congregation of the Israelites set out from Elim and Israel and came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the hand of the Lord in Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. And each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way, I will test them whether they will follow my instructions or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron told the Israelites, in the evening, you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning, you shall see the glory of the Lord because he heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening, quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, what is it? 
for they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each of you needs, an omer to a person according to the number of persons, all providing for those in their own tents. The Israelites did so, some gathering more, some less. But when the measure, when they measured it, an omer, those who gathered much had nothing over, and those who gathered little had no shortage. They gathered as much as each of them needed. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is taken from Luke's Gospel. It is the familiar story, the institution of the Lord's Supper. We are in chapter 22, verses 1 through 23. Listen with fresh ears. Now the festival of unleavened bread, which is called the Passover, was near. The chief priests and scribes were looking for a way to put Jesus to death, for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot, who was one of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers of the temple police about how he might betray him to them. They were greatly pleased and agreed to give him money. So he consented and began to look for an opportunity to betray him to them when no crowd was present. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover meal for us, that we may eat it. They asked him, Where do you want us to make preparations for it? Listen, he said to them, When you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks you, where is the guest room that I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs already furnished. Make preparations for us there. So they went and found everything as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover meal. When the hour came, he took place at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes." Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same thing with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But see, the one who betrays me is with me, and his hand is on the table. For the Son of Man is going as it has been determined. But woe to the one by whom he is betrayed. Then he began to ask, they began to ask one another, which of them it could be who would do this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as we come into the joy of the table this morning, 
we think about what it means to be connected to the rest of our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Not all of them will be participating, but many will be. It may be one of the true representations of God's kingdom on this earth that we are all coming to Christ's table who sets the feast and invites us to come. We say that it is Christ who invites you and me and all of us. We didn't set this table. This table doesn't belong to this church. It belongs to Christ himself. This is his meal for the world. And yet within that meal, there was dissension. There was betrayal. We need to remember that even though Judas betrayed Christ for money, Jesus still offered the meal to Judas before Judas left to go betray him. One of those things that sets Christ apart from others. And in Luke's gospel, it's very clear that it was all on Judas. Sometimes we think, well, he was a pawn and somebody had to betray Jesus and maybe Judas was just playing his part. But no, in Luke, Judas makes the full ramification himself and literally Satan enters him to push him to go and betray Christ. If you remember in the temptation earlier in Luke 4, at the end of the temptations when Jesus has not given in to the devil, he says, well, it says, he departed until a more opportune time. Opportune time. Judas, at the Last Supper, right before Jesus is to be betrayed, arrested, beaten, crucified. This is the time when Satan comes back in this way enters into Judas to try to reshape the events as they are moving and unfolding. And again, we see that great God is greater than any force of darkness or negativity that will or would ever affect us. But Judas is welcomed at the table. The table was big enough for those that Jesus disagreed with, that did him harm. Last week we talked a little bit about that picture with the elephant of former Justices Scalia and Ginsburg. While they were vehemently opposed in their ideology, their politics, their understanding of the law, and the stakes were great every time that body made a decision. And yet they began a friendship that would last decades. They traveled together. That picture we saw was in India with both of them riding on the elephant. And part of that questioning from last week was, who do we as individuals, as a church, as a people need to ride an elephant with that are different than we are, that we may need to have a conversation and see that they are people trying their best to do the right thing, even though we see them as wrong, destructive, maybe even hurtful. At this table, all are welcome. Jesus sets this feast. And when you bring manna into that, the Exodus passage, remember they were wandering into the wilderness. They were two months and 15 days, two and a half months they had been freed. 
And they're starting to think, uh, how are we going to eat? Where is our food? Where is our water? They had just left some springs a few days ago, but now they're in a new place. And it seems as though God might have brought them out of slavery just to let them die in the wilderness. And they cried out, complained to God. You should have just left us there, Moses. We were much better. Yes, we were enslaved, but we had plenty of food and plenty of water. And you brought us out here to die as free people. We're ready to go back. And so as they cried out in their time of trial, in their moment in the wilderness, God comes to them and says, I will give you all that you need. I will give you enough. I will give you manna during the day, and I will send quail at twilight at evening to be meat for you at night. So some of every day, you wake up and there is food on the ground, kind of a, a honey wafer, the Bible explains it. As the dew recedes, it is left with this crackling bread-like substance on the ground. And God says you can't hoard it. Don't take more than you need or more than you and your family need. If you do, it will rot, it will go foul, it will be filled with worms. And of course, they do. And sure enough, all that abundant that they had collected, more than they needed, all disintegrated and became unedible. They said, on the sixth day, you collect double portion so that you can rest on the Sabbath and you don't have to prepare. You don't have to go out and collect. Work twice as hard on that sixth day so the seventh day you can rest. God give, gave them that gift of a day without work. God cries out, they cried out in the wilderness to God, and God gave them what they needed to sustain them. At the Last Supper, the Israelites have been dominated. Judah has been invaded. Bethlehem, Jerusalem, surrounding areas by these awful Roman Gentiles. They need and are seeking to be freed. They are in a wilderness of their own. And unbeknownst, unbeknownst to them, Christ is getting ready to set them free and to provide for them everything that they need through God's feast of enough. So we need to remember in this stewardship season that God gave them everything they needed, not everything they wanted. Can we think of 40 years of every day the same thing for breakfast and dinner? God didn't give them a McMoses on the back of a yak or an oxen or a camel where they could just drive through 24-7 and get lamb burgers and Jerusalem fries. Nope. It's not what they wanted, but it's what they needed to sustain them to survive and to thrive as God's people. God uses this as a way to shape these people into a new community with a new relationship with God. Christ does the same thing here at this table, and you are invited. 